0: Welcome to Critical Ditto, the Pokemon role-playing podcast run by us and listened to by you. My name's Stuart, I am running the game tonight, and ah, do you know what, tonight, guys, I think, I think we need to come clean that we're not human, are we? It's about time. <laughs>
1: it's about...
0: <laughs> 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 oh, it's so nice to talk in our native tongue.
1: <laughs>
0: Isn't it, David? <laughs> Thank you for that introduction, David. <coughs> <coughs> Look, whatever, whatever we <laughs> might <laughs> be,
1: so, so, There's
0: is the base in our choir. That was all of our
2: characters and our uh, Pokemon. I guess we go straight to what happened last time. <laughs> Please, uh, please, can that be the intro? I kind of, I kind of love that. I love <laughs> that <laughs> If people are listening to season three, episode 18, and they don't know who we are and what Pokemon they got, they're, they're doing it wrong. Anyone who's confused, just go back an episode or go forward an episode. It's the same Your choice. It's the same Pokemon. It's the same people. <laughs> now we're aliens. That's the only difference this week. <laughs> <laughs> oh, goodness. Preview, Woosley, on Critical Ditto Woe. I'm not sorry.
0: A fairground 20 years in the past.
2: I think Brandy materialises in the Cirque d'Absolée tent.
0: Yes,
3: no, the Moustache Grand Prix is done wherever the Cirque d'Absolée lay their hat.
0: You need to go to stage right now. And Brandy, you see him, your father. I'm supposed supposed to be getting married tonight and um, my feet are cold. Maybe she's better off without me. Leo,
2: if you sit in this alleyway and don't get married to her, that will let her down more than anything else that you could
0: possibly do. You're right. What am I doing hiding when my fiance and my baby is out there ready to get married? <laughs> Thank you. You might be a great compare. <laughs> You're also a great fake daughter. It's hard to glide in flip-flops, but somehow Frey manages it. <laughs> rough day. That man with the moustache there. I just wanted to uh, talk to him. I'm going to stop you because I know what you're doing. And Frey, who looks exactly the same age as she looks in the current times. You have no idea. Do you see your family coming off the Ferris wheel and you see them heading towards the teacups? Brandy runs over. Frey settling into a teacup. Brandy runs onto the teacups
2: and looks Frey dead in the eyes. I know who you are and your rough day is coming. Brandy, Theo, Kenny. And Brandy gets off the teacup and lets Leo get on instead.
0: Frey has plunged a black arm deep within Leo's chest as his human form is morphed into that of Celia, as Brandy fades from the space. We just check back in with with where Kenny and Theo's heads are at because we haven't we didn't spend any time with them last week and I miss them. God, when, when were you last cognizant, Theo and Kenny? I suppose in the nether space, weren't you? You yep. were mm. you were choosing choosing which 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 tome you wanted to to open. How
2: are you? How are you feeling? Kenny is feeling determined. He feels proud of himself for making the right path in in his head. I think Kenny thinks that both Theo uh, and Brandy. Did this thing thought the same as him? It would worry Kenny if it weren't all three of them.
3: I think Theo has probably predicted that Theo will never see anybody ever again. I think that Theo's like, right, well, I'm the only one that knows anything about this. Theo knows that they made the right, the right choice for them in that situation in the nether space when they go into whatever's about to happen. But Theo also is like, Theo is somebody that loves being right and to witness pain and sacrifice again is to only witness times when you did something wrong. So for Theo, this is like a real, this is a very uncomfortable
0: experience, the idea of experiencing pain again. Well, it's an interesting place to start because we, have, we, we now have to explore what choosing this path of suffering means. Now, I, for one, think it's A, unpleasant and B, a little gratuitous to revisit moments and stuff that we already know happens to the characters especially bad things that we already know the characters have gone through because it just feels a bit cruel really i mean we can say that hey you've experienced that again kenny you probably experienced burning dora's face again Mm -hmm. uh theo you've probably experienced the the destruction of surf tower and watching that again but we've seen them, or at least we've heard about them, we've heard them described. I'm more interested in, assuming we're going through this nether space and Kenny and Theo, you're still travelling solo. It's incredibly difficult to perceive where in the universe you are. Uh, At times everything is a bright resplendent light, at times it's an unfathomable darkness, but in this this tubular fashion with which you seem to travel through time and space, there are moments, there are windows where you do experience moments from your life and not particularly pleasant ones. But Kenny, as you are flying through this space, I wonder, what is what is something that you, Kenny, either see that maybe you hadn't clocked as Kenny was a seminal moment of suffering or just something that shaped Kenny without Kenny even having realized it perhaps at the time, if that makes it sense. It does make
2: sense. I actually do. I think I have an answer for this. Okay, great.
0: I think it's actually to do with
2: Kenny's, I I, I don't, ne'er before mentioned eldest sister. Oh. Yeah. Oh Lord. Can we remember her did name? We, oh my God. Did we, <laughs> we name did. her? We did we in that totally toothpaste, did. in that
0: toothpaste skit, didn't we?
2: Oh no. Oh, Ali, why? Ali, have you got, <laughs> no, have you got no. a name? Okay. Before we edit this episode, we are going to insert the name in post. <laughs> I remember. Her name is...
4: Clarissa.
0: Yeah, right, right. Left intentionally blank. So so we can only say her name right now, <laughs> and then from now on we refer to her as The Sister. Yeah. <laughs> okay?
2: Kenny, Kenny, did you have a cute nickname
4: for... Clarissa. <laughs> y-
0: yes. Your sister, who we all know is called... Clarissa. But, perhaps in this specific scene... An instance, you maybe called her something different, which was... Carrot. Carrot. (laughs) Carrots. That makes total sense. Knowing that her actual name is... Clarissa. (laughs) The fact that you call her Carrot totally
2: tracks, Ali. The reason Kenny knows... Clarissa. ...is Carrots. And the reason that she's not really mentioned very much, and she's also part of suffering, is because I don't think... I think she's a lot older than Kenny, and I don't think she's actually been around for a long time she had a falling out with one of or both of kenny's parents when kenny was a young age and whether this is true or not kenny thinks he is the reason and that is why for kenny it is a suffering seminal moment and i think it's probably the first inklings of him considering himself to be a monster now as i said i don't want this sister to be evil Necessarily, I think. <laughs>
0: Cut to her like a full black mask, gonna sigh. Pray, I'm not evil. I swear, Kenny. I'm just your sister,
1: carrot
2: <laughs> I think maybe she witnessed a a moment of young, young, uncontrolled poker powers within Kenny, and basically got into a row with his dad about it. Sort of thought you need to do this for him, and the dad was like, No, I want to do this for him and then they got into a huge flaming row, and she left.
0: How dare you. How dare you tell me how to raise my son. My name is... Do I have a name? Um, Because if not, I'm going to name myself right by Slokie now. Benny. <laughs> Benny. Yeah. Benny. And the Jets.
2: <laughs> yes, dear. You asked? You called for me?
0: Yeah, that's my wife. The Jets? Jets. The Jets. Now, you... L- the Jets.
2: How long have we been married? <laughs>
0: oh. Oh, oh, maybe David God. should take this
2: character. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I was... <laughs> I was your neighbour the Jets And I'll leave now Oh it's your wife the Jets Come in
0: I'm so glad Mrs Doubtfire (laughs) could join us for this one scene (laughs) <laughs> I mean, first of all,
3: wow <laughs> Second of all, you don't have to marry people With the same accent uh, that's
2: one... I think that was pretty clear That it wasn't the same accent <laughs> so... <laughs> Zing <laughs> um, Quick question Kenny, you've noticed that this is a moment Of more suffering in your life Because you were so young that you didn't clock it at the time
0: Yeah oh, So is it very young Kenny, almost at the top of the stairs Holding the banisters Hol- Holding some carrots He hears this row, he's gone to bed What I see with Kenny is that he would be playing with the carrots as if they were cars and nibbling on a car. (laughs) That's kind of how I see... (laughs) That's
2: so much better. (laughs) That's so much better.
0: (laughs) So that's where Kenny is, upstairs, enshrouded in the shadow of the nighttime. Shouldn't be up, but is. I, Benny, the father of this family, has been tasked with taking you to task, carrots. And now you may ask why I, Benny, your father, who's very angry with you, would be using... (laughs) You're <laughs> Kenny's nickname you've for you Have you forgotten in my
2: name again? <laughs> my name is clearly... Clarissa. But you know what? Fine. Like, if you want to call me carrots, everyone else does. I can't help that I'm the only ginger
0: in the family, okay? It's not my fault. I'm not the one tossing around blame around here. You are saying that my son is different. Saying my son is weird. He's my son. I know him and I love and, him. He's my brother and I know him and I love him. Then why are we having this discussion? Because, Dad, he needs help. No, he doesn't need help. He needs our love and he needs us to treat him exactly the same as everyone else. That's what he <sighs> needs. Dad, come on. You know he's not
2: the same as everyone else. We saw... What, what did he do? <laughs> we, we... I want to hear it from your mouth. We all saw him. hmm With the flowers.
0: W- oh. We saw him... In the flowers. Within the flowers. Within the- He got inside the flowers. He turned into a flower dad Come on I saw the petals came out his neck I know It was cute Damn it It was a florages. <laughs> it was a florages. I've seen the Florges in our flower oh. fields He looked just Florges like one Florges
2: is a fun word to say in our accent Isn't it father? Freelius <laughs> Florges. Florges
1: I'm angry well, with I'm you Well I'm angry with
2: you He needs more than us Look I've been looking this up There are people An
0: organisation That could help him They can control polka powers Bah We're farmers, and we live on our own, in our own community. It's us, our family, and the Jets next door, and that's it. Alright? We don't leave our own. You're really just going to let him live here? I'm going to let him live with his family where he's safe. Are his family safe with him? Are you safe with us, are you going to leave? Are you going to run away?
2: Well, maybe I should, if I'm the only one who's going to find something that's going to actually help him. Keep him from not turning into a monster.
0: A monster, eh? Well I'm glad you've finally shown your true colours No Red
2: Always with the hair If you're going to let him live here And not get this under control Not protect the rest of us Keep him doing whatever he's doing Turning into flowers Levitating
0: One of those is better than the other isn't it? <laughs> one of them One of those more useful Why than the other Why didn't we
2: reference that one in our big fight? Ah we've we done did. We did have a fight about that one actually That was bad I nearly left home In fact I did leave home Then I came back Because you were hungry I was very hungry you Forgot how to make soup mm, didn't you? Yeah yeah Left the can opener then you convinced me to stay But this time look The can opener is going in the bag dad Don't you take my can oh, opener it's my it. favourite can opener I know it says Benny on it But you know what? Now it's carrots Get out Get out of my house I will get out I will find something that will help him Keep him away please Just keep him away from the rest of us Dora is not two weeks old She needs to be safe
0: Kenny, your elder sister turns and sweeps out of the kitchen where they had been arguing. Your father sighs, heaves himself up from the kitchen table and ascends the stairs, and gives a little start as he sees you, Kenny, wiping a small guilty look from his eyes. Go to bed, Kenny. It's late.
2: Okay, father. Would you like my cars? I've left half for you.
0: No, the vision's fading now.
2: I left half for you. You. (laughs) No, we're
0: fading away now. Bye-bye, Kenny.
2: You. Another run for the Jets! No, it's faded! <laughs>
0: <laughs> the Jets just rips a hole in reality like Porky and pig <laughs> at the end of- That's
1: all, folks! <laughs> <laughs>
2: Oh, so that was suffering. That, well, we suffered through it. That was one scene in
0: multiple. Yes, uh, we have to imagine, um, yeah, multiple vignettes oh, yeah. of making Kenny and Ali really sad, super sad, super sad.
2: But I think all of the trigger words were there. You know, monster,
0: danger. Can you give me, yeah, give me some trigger words, and then we can make this lovely, like almost like an audio suffering Ooh. warp hole that we can we can send the listener through. Oh, you
2: mean the Critical Ditto podcast? <laughs> <laughs>
0: What a burn on ourselves. Yeah, give me some words, Ali. In isolation.
2: Monsters. Danger. 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 Keep him away from Dora. 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 Cars. Cars. Cars.
0: (laughs) Regular clothes.
2: clothes. Wearing
0: clothes at all. Wearing clothes (laughs) at all. Okay, so Kenny is flying through this, experiencing this and somewhere in the same timeline, alternate timelines, who knows where we are right now, Theo, you're also flying through space. And there is one window that I'd like to peek in on at a scene that we I in fairness, we have we have seen this scene play out very briefly in the podcast and we saw it play out in foul play episode three.
2: Oh that's David, you know that one, don't you David that
0: you know what? I actually think I do know exactly which scene you're talking about, so oh, you can you? take so you can take your opinions, Tom <laughs> Dale. So, okay, David, what scene do you think I'm interested in?
3: That's the episode where we witness Theo and Adri's first meetings. It's the one where they. It's the it one where indeed. they dunk on Samantha.
2: Oh
0: my! It is indeed. Oh my God,
2: David! Unbelievable knowledge.
0: No, that is the scene that I would like to to see, which is Theo's first day at the church the day where mm. they met Adri for Monsk and bonded initially with Adry for Monsk over bullying, a shared bullying of a young church acolyte called Samantha. And that that then only got crueler with the context that we learned in the Cosmic Power arc, which was that Theo was friends with Samantha before they joined the church. Theo learned trombone with Samantha and then mm. turned on Samantha once Theo joined the church, oh, Theo has such so... a rich history. <laughs> Who knew? Oh, it's a tapestry. It is, it is. And then we sort of have learned that Samantha has become Mrs. S in mm. the church. Uh, the Mrs. She S that you have really climbed portal. the ranks while Theo just stagnated. Yeah,
2: what did Theo big do? Big time. <laughs> what Stab- did Theo do like, Samantha? reached mid tier and went, I'm, ha- I'm here. This is me now. Listen listen Ali 400 <laughs> dissertations but none good enough to get any higher Just I day solid c minus every year
3: <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to turn on femme presenting non-binary church members but listen if Theo looked as good in a short robe as Samantha did and had done as many <laughs> bends down to pick up a quill in front of Mr N and you Huge know what Theo like
0: respects it Theo respects it okay but Theo this is the scene we see it's a very familiar scene. You know that church hallway. You know that entrance, foyer. You've walked it thousands of times, and you know exactly the day it was, because you see yourself a younger you, a younger Adri. I'm excited. <sighs> King King King's boxer King, today. Oh, oh my god. god. Oh my slave. and a young girl with a geodude, Samantha. <laughs> an acolyte with which you had been friends before this day and now have decided to ghost type. And you're watching it as an adult. You, suck, you suck, <laughs> As Theodosia, 29 years old, wearing whatever you're wearing. And you see to your side an adult Samantha.
1: Yes, yes. Samantha.
0: <laughs> Mrs. S, she's younger than you, but has still aged up from this moment. And she is watching the scene play out
2: yeah,
0: I hope we friends, but not Samantha. <laughs> and it just keeps looping. It just keeps going... <laughs> and playing again. Yes. And <laughs> playing again. And she's just... Arms are hanging loosely at her side. I don't think we've described an adult Samantha or a Mrs. S beyond the fact that I said she had dark cropped hair and deep violet lipstick. Um, are there any other physical features about Mrs. S, Theo, that you notice in this moment? She has
3: stick and poke tattoos up most of her arms. I think they're sort of a long sleeve homemade tattoos. Do they say
0: anything particular or are they more graphic?
3: I think they're a, a real scattergun selection, but the ones that you're seeing nearest the sort of the front are the ones that she would have done first, I guess. So we're probably seeing ones that maybe maybe there's one that she did that just says T and S.
2: Oh
0: Cynthia oh no. and Samantha. Oh no.
2: I thought that was tea and scones, thank you for clarifying
0: us. That was also going to be tragic, but this is even worse. So she's, okay, maybe she's just scratching at her tattooed arm and her eyes seem glazed, misty, and she just seems trapped. She seems frozen, just watching the scene play out again and again. Theo, what do you do?
3: I think Theo for a long time is trying to figure out why this sequence of events is their suffering. I think that there's like a lot of Theo's like sort of looking between Mrs. S and looking between this sort of constant looping scene of Samantha and, and young Theo. And it's just like, why is, why is this what I'm being shown? Why is this the pain? And then I think Theo gets it. And I think that Theo has a moment where they realize that the worst form of suffering they can see is somebody who they made hate them and made them hate them through misunderstanding and through cruelty and through a lot of other deep-seated traumas that Theo never really spoke about and never really talked about—the sort of things that made Theo cry before the Gummy Juice uh, was digested. Back when we were on top of the back when we were top of the meteorite, and so I think.
0: Sorry, I would just I would love to sample that little bit of audio and play it to David Levisley of three years ago. And just see what David Lee <laughs> thought about the fact that you went. Yeah, it's just what made me cry when I digested the Gummy Juice when we were back on the meteorite. I just would love to hear what David thought of that.
2: <laughs> when when we asked David, "Hey David, we're thinking about doing a Pokemon podcast. Like, it's going to be pretty fun. Do you want to come on board?" Fast forward three years with absolute sincerity. That yeah, was it. About the Gummy Juice. And the meteorite? <laughs> No, that was the moment. Well, David, I'm, I was I was also enthralled. I, we were so all, But that's the thing. All three of us, not a ne'er n- crack to smile. Well, of course, mm. we all know the effects of human juice. We're no. not real morons. <laughs> we, we all... <laughs> we're not barbarians. Um,
3: so I think that Theo... So Theo has all of these thoughts and realisations that actually the most terrifying form of suffering that Theo can face is seeing... The greatest misunderstanding that Theo created, which was the suggestion that they didn't like Samantha because Theo turned up to the church and everybody had always treated Theo as if they were nothing. And Theo then had the moment to be in a power situation with Adri and Theo turned on Samantha. That was the biggest mistake that Theo ever made, that Theo decided that being a bully was going to fix all of the problems of their youth. Theo now looks at Mrs. S and tries to go to hug
1: her.
0: You can touch her. You can physically feel her. It's almost like... The scene okay. that you're watching unfold is happening in another space, but that you and Mrs. S are in the same space, and that she's been trapped mm-hmm. here for a while. Your touch shakes her out of her stupor. Do you go for the embrace, or is it just a gentle touch?
3: I think Theo doesn't go for the embrace in the end. I think Theo goes for sort of okay. a grip of the shoulder. I think Theo is terrified at the idea of too much intimacy in this moment.
0: Mrs. S turns to you with dark auburn eyes. You see them just as they shake out of the cloud of haze of stupor and the pupils dilate and take in your form Theo she shakes off the hand quickly and steps backwards into this inky black murkiness of the mind palacesque space that you're occupying outside of the scene what is this another another cruel trick of the mind what show me young you now adult you to torment me even more you're not Theo though are you you're just part of this place you're part of this suffering that i'm going through that i have been going through that i'm stuck here experiencing why can't i leave just please tell me tell me what i have to say to do to leave this place because i cannot take it i cannot take it anymore
3: samantha please I, i beg of you just please it's me it's the real me and i know that that's exactly what the me in this weird space would probably say but it's it's me it's absolutely me and it's me because i don't think that any illusion could know how Guilty, I feel for how I used to make you feel.
0: But the Theo I know hasn't said a word to me since I was eleven years old. I don't even know what your adult voice is supposed to sound like. This could be a trick. Can you prove that you're Theo? Uh, so I'm gonna I'm gonna take a move here. Okay, great,
3: GM. And I think Theo is going to, if we are in a mind yeah, palace space, Theo is going to attempt to conjure a trombone because if that's the only voice that that Samantha will recognize, Theo is gonna. Theo's gonna play that beautiful requiem that Theo played in in King Thrush's palace just mere mere hours ago.
0: Roll plus weird. Oh no, sharp for you, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, it is. Oh, baby.
2: Note to editor: I hope you didn't get rid of the trombone sounds from the other episode. Why would
0: anyone delete their trombone <laughs> sounds, Tom? Ever? I've got it. My text alert for you. <laughs>
3: In my mind, even if this fails, this sounds like when the Deku version of Link plays the Song of Time on that massive horn oh, coming nice. out of their back. That's that's how it sounds. So I got a four and Ooh. a six, plus a three. So we got a 13, baby! Okay.
0: Oh. <laughs> wow. I don't know where you channel this from. Is it is it a, a church-related thing, or is this just an instinctual thing that, that Theo is doing? Well, Theo has conjured something before,
3: which was when Theo was in Kenny's Mind Palace. So if Theo is also aware that this is kind of Mind palace E, Theo knows that kind of like throwing something into the the ether kind of conjures... It. It's like a... I think we said before it was like um, Full Metal Alchemist, and that there's like a, an equal exchange, a law of yeah. e- of equivalent exchange. I think Theo takes off the veil. I guess that's a... I mean, Theo doesn't need the veil anymore. I think we're past the point of, uh, of pearlescent illusion. Bundles it up and unfurls their hands and out of it comes comes a trombone.
0: I assume you begin to play the trombone and it is the, the sweetest, yes. most mournful sonata that Theo has ever played. Even better than that solo in the Cosmic Power arc. I was going to say, Theo's Theo's like really good at trombone. Like really good.
2: I mean, is there an argument to say that perhaps... Theo kept up the
0: trombone it's almost proof. I think that's a very good shout So as, yeah. as Theo you start to play, some new memory windows start popping up in the inkly blackness and they're not mournful suffering memories, they're actually memories of Theo practicing the trombone almost every night and, having, and, and playing songs that Theo had learnt with Samantha It's almost yeah. like Theo was able to repent and lament every night musically, knowing that they had made this mistake. Samantha finds another trombone from the inky blackness finds her own and it becomes a duet. It's a song that you've played many times one that one of the first ones that you learnt together only this time it's more exquisite and more elaborate than you'd ever tried to play it before and as this beautiful musical piece fades and those yellow, those golden yellow memories windows start to fade as well of Theo in the ship practising, Theo in the tower practising
3: I was going to say with all of these windows potentially, perhaps all of the different practices harmonise with the two trombones in the room. It's sort of a symphony of all of these memories all playing the same song together along with Samantha and Theo.
0: So as this music crescendo comes to the end, Samantha lets the trombone just drop to the floor and it gets absorbed back into the key blackness. And that suffering scene that you've been watching seems further away now, it seems very distant. Samantha slash Mrs. S has tears in her eyes. It is you, why, why did you, why did you do it? Why did you abandon me?
3: I know it's not any solace, but I, I knew that this was going to be the, the memory I saw when I chose the Tome of Suffering. And I can only presume that you chose it. Of course you did. I, I knew I knew you would choose it. But the reason I did it is because, I mean, Samantha, you met my family. You know what they were all like. You Every time I sat down at the table and they asked me how my day was, I'd start to tell them a story and they would just cut it off. And as soon as they asked me to tell us any sort of information, it was immediately worthless. There was always something better than what I had to say. When I was at school, I was always mediocre, I was always boring, I was always pointless. I just had nothing to offer except to you. You were the only person that cared. But then, on my first day, on our first day at the Surfloat Tower and somebody who was already in robes offered me the chance at friendship if I was just a bit mean. And I thought, well, it's worked for everybody else in my life. Why not? I did it and it was easy. And you were easy to do it, too, because you liked me. And so you made it easy to be mean. And so I just kept doing it. And now the person who I thought was my friend is, well, it's Audrey Formansk. You've met them. You know what they're like. I made a terrible choice, an absolutely terrible, terrible choice, but you, Samantha, you were always there for me. And yeah, I know your Gia dude was infuriating and never left us alone, but that wasn't wasn't a good enough excuse for what I did. I'm sorry that I felt so much pain and so much sadness and so much worthlessness that the only way I knew how to deal with it was to make you feel all of those things. I'm sorry you're the only person I ever
0: loved, and so I made you the only person who'd ever hate me. You know that moment... (laughs) It was probably a passing fleeting thing for you. But for me, that defined how I've lived the rest of my life. I haven't made friends since then. What's the point when they can just turn on you like that? I've just buried myself in books. I've worked, I've studied, I've been a research assistant. I'm the youngest compass point the church (laughs) has ever known. Isn't that an achievement? Isn't that wonderful? Didn't I think that would bring me satisfaction? It didn't, Theo. None of it does, because none of it matters.
3: Samantha, I I know you haven't met the adult me, and I, I'm still not any better at this. I'm still pushing people away all the time because I don't think I'm worth it, but I know that you think this might just be a fleeting moment for me, but there's a reason that the tome took us both here. It may have been a fleeting moment, but I have never forgotten what I did to you that day, because it has shaped who I think I can become for the rest of my
0: life. You have changed. I can tell that much. I don't know who you are now, but you're not the same person from then. Do you know what they're calling you in the church there?
3: Uh, Incredibly sexy, talented, future, future, um, future O-rank. She
0: laughs in spite of herself.
3: Quite funny as well.
0: (laughs) You're one of the anomalies. What does that mean? You think for yourself. You act on your own volitions. You're not tied by a doctrine. You do things because you think they're the right thing to do.
3: They might say that I'm a loose cannon, but hey, who's the one who walked into a portal without any support? It's you.
0: You may think that you're just a research assistant, Samantha, but hey, you walked walked into this crazy weird portal that... I'm not just a research assistant anymore. I'm a compass point of the church of Slaslo. And I did it because, in spite of it all, you still inspire me, Theo. Your actions of late inspired me. I don't know what's going on in the church. I don't know what's happening with the O, but this constant desire to stay out of things to stay neutral it felt wrong because you can tell things are happening in this region bad things and to just let it happen just as let it be i couldn't have that i spent my whole life letting other people define me whether it was you mr n the entire church i've sought validation from external sources and i thought just once samantha just once maybe i should act for myself so i did and i've gone into a portal and i'm searching for the third tome Because I thought maybe me, on my own, could do something better, and I've ended up stuck in a bad memory, being reminded of why that's not the case.
3: Samantha, I'm also here to find the third tome as well, because there... You're right, there's a lot going on out in the world, and there's a lot going on in that prison, where we both technically still are, I guess. There's a group of people in there who we met before we got here who are intent on hurting a lot of people, people I love. If we can find the King's Rock, maybe we can find answers for poker-powered people like my friend. We have the ability to do something really important, to do something more active than the church ever wished they could do. Samantha, if you know anything about where we can find the third tome in here, support me. Maybe roll? Well, I'll be we ready for another 13, <laughs> lads. Um, what's the... I guess this is charm. Annoyingly, I am a zero for charm. As we've said, every time I roll for charm, which is very frequently.
2: Oh! Only David
3: can see what he rolled, and his face doesn't bode well. It doesn't. It doesn't bode well at all, lads. It's a four and a one. It's a five. You know what? Then you know what? It's been a while. I'm going to use a yes! luck point. I'm going to use a luck point.
0: Play the music. Play the music. That
3: jingle.
1: <laughs> yourself one question. Do I feel lucky? Well, do you, punk?
0: Luck point expended.
2: <laughs> God, I love that jingle. I've only heard it... We've only heard it twice.
3: I, I cannot trust you. When the stakes are this high, I don't know what's gonna like a high dragon's gonna burn the two on the on the boat. I don't know. Something's gonna happen.
2: We've still got that Adri failure hanging over us but oh, still we just really like, do.
0: looms. No, you've used a luck point and that's wonderful. So, David, with that luck point, tell me how you get Mrs. S out of this terrible memory. So Theo um
3: sees that the veil has uh has fallen back to the floor after being the trombone, and Theo looks at the scene. Uh, that Samantha is still moderately terrified by this sort of traumatising memory of Theo abandoning them. And Theo has a brainwave and turns to Samantha and says, wait here, puts the veil back on, steps into the memory. And to little Theo and little Samantha, Theo is just a teacher, like a a veiled teacher who happens to teach at the Tower of, of Surfloat. Theo is the adult in the room that should have done something. Theo goes up to little Theo, who's making a little Samantha feel very upset, and says, hey, what was that you just said? And little Theo, I, I don't think little Theo puts up any fight at all, because little Theo, this is so nascent in Theo thinking that there is a reward to being mean, that Theo just goes, sorry, most learned. And then Theo turns to little Adri and goes, if I see you do that ever again to this sweet, sweet child, I'm going to burn your dissertation. And also, you dress poorly. And then Theo just steps <gasps> back out the memory.
0: Obviously... In this weird space, it's not time travel. It's not like Theo has gone back and changed the Mm. past. You're still who you are. But it is enough to change that scene, and the scene starts to melt away as it realises it doesn't have any other avenues to go, and it's just left with little Samantha now in the black ichor. And instead of crying, her dark hair frizzy and long at that time, she just smiles to herself. The adult Mrs. S sees that, turns to you, Theo and is about to mouth the words thank you as the scene itself just disappears and the two of you, Mrs S and Theo, find yourself flying through the space towards your destination. A destination to which Kenny has already arrived. Oh, about 45 minutes ago, mate. Yeah, what were you doing with your 45 minutes, Kenny? Uh, play, playing the flute and eating some cars. <laughs> Kenny, you look to your right as you see Theo and a woman who you don't recognise with dark violet lipstick, auburn hair and high-rised cheekbones, very ornate church robes, compass point robes, uh, materialise next to you. You see your location, the three of you. Uh, Tom, can I just give you Mrs. S for now? I don't know if she's going to say anything, but <laughs> just say on your tiptoes.
2: Okay, well, thanks. I'm glad I'm not in charge of that. <laughs> okay. Tom is in mid juice as I just toss
0: Mrs. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, God.
2: So is it just classic Stuart Clark? Be my voice? <laughs> yes, voice. you know. It. Yep. You
0: know. It. Thank yes, you. Thank got you. it, got it, right. Yeah, can you just put a, like, a hint of the Jets in there as well? Because I, ha- I know how you love... Hello! <laughs> no, there's no hint. <laughs> it's it, the dial is either at ten or one. Oh. Tom is basically a jacuzzi. That's it, it's either the Jets or not the Jets. That's, oh, that was West Side Story's
2: first working title.
0: <laughs> <laughs> the three of you find yourself stood. Beneath you, there is a wooden feeling to, to where you're stood. It's bark-like. As you look around, you realise you're now inside... A flaming tree. What flaming tree, you might ask? I can tell you.
2: Oh, we've, we've experienced but, so I know. many. I, well, it, well, precisely. <laughs> no,
0: this is the Everburn tree. Kenny, you Kenny probably recognise it. You've had an experience. Kenny's been
2: watching, staring at this tree for
0: 45 minutes, yeah. going, oh, it's the Everburn tree. Ah, uh, yes. But you are within the tree this time, within the nooks and knots and gnarls of its roots and various innards, some hollowed out, some still thick and rife with bark and tree sap. And everything is aflame, not burning to the touch, but still licking and dancing at your ankles, your feet, your extremities. It's an imposing place. Within this tree, there is another statue, and it's another statue of Gratuitous Candle. An ancient shamanic figure, part of the shamanic council, and the one that Kenny met when Kenny travelled back in time during the rock slide arc. The one who trusted Kenny to speak at the shamanic council meeting that was deciding what to do with the king's rock. It's that gratuitous candle. Not the other Not the other sorry. one. Yeah, of course. Only this gratuitous candle looks larger. It looms above you. It's almost as if it extends up beyond even where you could see into shadow. Basically, I'm picturing that Zeus statue in Hercules. You know, when he goes to the Temple of Zeus and there's just that giant... That's, it's gratuitous candle sat there. Huge Olympic god physique. Just a Galarian rapidash horn in between their legs. This blonde, tussled hair, these big, big sideburns, chiselled jaw, a mammoth of a man sat there, stone face, unblinking, and within his hand is the third tome. What do you do?
2: I know this place a little bit, Theo and new person who isn't Brandy, which is uh, a Samantha. awkward. But, is, um, uh... no, it's Samantha. Uh, Mrs. S, if you don't mind. Oh, you're Mrs. S! That, that oh, Mrs. Mrs. S, oh, you yes. found. Oh, well done, Theo. Yes. You found her. Hi, Mrs. S. Hello, I'm Kenneth Mullet. Holds out a hand. Nice to meet you, Kenneth. I'm very impressed that you made it here. I was under the impression, Theo, you were by yourself. Oh,
3: I'm never really by myself anymore. Both. Nope. Both. We stick curse, around.
2: Actually. Speaking of which, do you know where Brandy is? What's
3: knowing her? She's probably come back out the portal, got a bit bored, decided to beat up Hannah. I don't know. That's that sounds like the sort of thing
2: that. Mm. You say you're so unlikable, and yet here you are, not with one, but but apparently two friends. Yeah, but we have a we have a love hate relationship. I love. They hate We do, we do Oh no, it's quite clear that you've all got your own issues still bubbling Speaking so. of bubbling, these flames, they don't actually hurt Flames, flames bubble, right? Mm, okay Well, they make other things bubble You know what,
3: today they do bubble, Kenny Flame today, bubbles, bubble. over there Oh wow, yeah, that is a, that's absolutely a flame bubble,
0: wow Oh god, the flame bubble burst But don't worry, it's not hot <laughs> Says Kenny, covered in molten <laughs> lava, that's just dripping down his face
2: Look, I'm using it as hair <laughs> gel, and my god, do I need it oh, he, is is that the tome? Is that the, the third mysterious, mystical tome? I think it says the third tome on it. He's holding something in his other hand, which is a big arrow. <laughs>
0: <laughs> don't
2: look at my right hand. There's nothing here in the right hand. I'm going to suggest we just go and get it, right? Kenny starts walking. Uh, oh, uh, it's quite tall, Kenny. You're tall. You can lift me up. You raise me up so I can climb on co. I really don't like Josh Groban. <laughs> <laughs> That's right, Samantha's got some <laughs>
0: quips. <laughs> Kenny, as you're striding towards this giant statue of Gratuitous Candle, uh, I sort of see it shot from above like this tiny ant-like Kenny just walking ahead of the other two, singing this tiny song from up above. You see the flames start to gather around the base of the statue and they start to lick up and they dance up the legs of Gratuitous Candle. As they rip apart at the top of the head, as they reach the head, Gratuitous Candle figure start to take life. I mean it's not a human life it's this giant statuesque creature who was seems to be made of living flame weird molten elemental as the stone starts to crack away <coughs> this living fire creature takes life and shape and this creature stands above you <sighs> I uh um I am um, you, you're right there oh uh, can, can, editor can I speak to the editor please <gasps> Yep you're speaking to him yep speaking to the editor Hi, it's Gratuitous Candle here. Uh, just wondering, can you make can you make my sa- my voice sound more cool and booming? Because at the moment it's uh...
3: yeah. Of course, I've got a masters in audio production, so I can definitely. That's do great. That. I'm
0: really <laughs> glad that you you've, you've got it. my back there, editor. You do, can I just say you do fantastic work with the entire podcast? It's honestly, it's stunning. It's,
3: it's so easy. It honestly feels like I don't do it. Do you know what I mean? It just seems to just blow out of me.
0: <laughs> anyway, I I I doff the proverbial flaming cap to you, editor, and I just I wish you well with the rest of your your endeavors god you work hard back to being a, a flame god the flame starts to shrink down to a more human level you all have to shield your eyes as the flame burns bright and intensely as it starts to shrink into a more intense it's almost like the smaller it gets the more luminous the flames become like a tiny sun and the flame roars loud in your ear and he points a flaming finger at you Kenny
4: you boy hello I know you No. Oh. I was worried about that. What? I've waited hundreds of years for this moment. You came back and ruined everything. Uh, 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 mm. You started a conflict.
0: Well. uh, A conflict that ruined so many lives. Me?
4: My last punch missed. This one won't.
0: The flame creature lunges at you, Kenny. As, you, as it starts to lunge, you see its form take Pokemon-esque figure. The Pokemon-esque figure of a Pygnite. A Pygnite that maybe was once called Terrence, but now has sadly faded into the ether, spiritually reborn here.
2: Oh, I'm Stu. I've done my research. Oh.
0: No, I'm sorry. I, you're right. I, we should just call every character we don't know Carrots from now on. You, you, you're, <laughs> yes. you're, you're absolutely correct. Um, All right, I'll give you. I'll give you the gratuitous candle cheat sheet. Here you go. Two lieutenants had a pyro named Pepper, which was played by David, and a pig knight named Terence, which was played by Tom. Um, That's about it. (laughs) That's That's all we've got. That's That's it. it. That's 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 done. (laughs) But yes, this flaming elemental pig knight is lunging at you, Kenny. What do you do? Do I have my Pokémon? Why don't you check? does that he checks in his belt yes <laughs> they're there oh my god what a cool moment
2: <laughs> that's such an act one ad break like wait do i have my pokemon with me cut to add after the ad yes i do thank goodness all right well fight fire with foyer i suppose hoops help
0: so Kenny, how is how is Hoops reacting as this Pig Knight comes swinging in with a fire punch? Surely he said this punch would That's fair miss. enough. So it's coming in with a fire punch. As
2: Hoops is released from the Pokeball, she's actually mid somersault. She's going to try to sort of evade the punch via acrobatics, essentially trying to create an advantage.
0: Okay. Okay. Great. Well, roll plus speed for Hoops, then please. Oh, poke? We haven't done a Pokemon in ages. <laughs> Pig knight. I just kind of chucked the pig knight in there like it didn't belong. Really, wasn't it? <laughs> that felt like a man in a pig knight costume. <laughs> Tom, you've described my entire life.
2: <laughs> the title of photography. Hoops is a plus two to speed, so I'm going to roll two d6. It's a three and a five plus a two. It's a ten.
0: All right, nice. so you you get to take two Forward of the list. <gasps> beautiful
2: I would like to I'm gonna inflict an extra harm next time Great. and I will take I'll take a plus one forward I think
0: and what does it what does it look like as this
2: flaming pig knight punch comes in hoops as she jumps out of the pokerball her. launches herself up in the air do <laughs> she
0: uses the arm the momentum of the arm going forwards to kind of roll off it backwards nice and the pig knight turns back towards you hoops yellow eyes no pupils and begins to ready its next attack.
1: Who's that Pokemon? I
0: need the scalpel. Scalpel? Uh, I need the. uh, I feel like we've done this one. (laughs) I feel like this is. (laughs) We've not specifically cut (laughs) this
2: patient before. Oh, it's a different different patient, patient, Doctor. Come on. Okay. Weirdly, also called midsection. Yeah, could you just
3: get on with it, please? Anaesthetize me, I beg of you.
2: I'm more nervous about this one than all my previous ones. The first one went really badly. We actually never saw that (laughs) midsection person ever again. So we must have presumably killed them after they left the the studio.
3: Could you not talk about me while I'm right
2: (laughs) here? This person is also awake this time, Doctor. So the pressure's on.
0: Pressure's on. You've still not taken the scalpel. Please, please take the scalpel. I will, and I'll cut into this new midsection. Tom, what have we got? What have oh we got?
2: god! <laughs> oh, oh god! We didn't do the anesthesia.
0: Oh, oh that's oh, my we bad. we just
2: stabbed a man. My bad. <laughs> I've got a midsection. If anyone's still interested, though, I mean, I'm, <laughs> I'm kind of more intrigued about how this resolves itself. Hi, welcome to the midsection. This email is from Bruce Rosengren. Hi, Bruce. Bruce has four ideas, but I'm only going to share. One, Bruce, which is this. Bruce writes, With the introduction of the Oddfather, suppose there's a cacturn out there with a cowboy hat from the American Old West that is trying to track threads of corruption that leaked into his desert from the Oddfather's organisation. Cacturn doesn't know what he's stumbling onto, but essentially he's a lawman and he's going to dig at the organisation. Extra Pokemon I thought to include, Trapinch, maybe Trapinch acts more like a hobble or a faithful dog, a a Cubone, a Marowak, a a Scraggy, a Maractus, could be an informant for the Cacturn that gets herself inserted into the Oddfather's organisation, a Mandibuzz, maybe Mandibuzz is appropriate height to ride on Cacturn's hat. Not sure where that plot thread might lead, but it definitely has a theme.
0: We have a desert region already, we have we do. We to do. the north. Sahartum Sahartimus. No, that was the guy. Was it did we call the desert Sahartimus as well? I think we did. So that's Sahartimus Irons? Yes, Artemis no, Irons. His name his name is Artemis Irons. Sahartimus is the desert region. And we also know that the Garena is there. Gary Smoke's unused training facility is also in the desert. Maybe the Cacturn has also repurposed part of the Garena. Why well, so this is this is an old Western cowboy lawman mm-hmm. right? I, feel like, I, feel like, I feel like
2: Tallahassee and, uh, and Warden Viper and Cactown they just all hang out maybe they're from the same place <laughs> definitely from the
0: same region the same area of Sir Artemis a lot of western lingo being tossed around in Bruce's email some of it I didn't understand <laughs> oh, a hobble a hobby a hobble maybe Trapinch acts more
2: like a hobble and a faithful
0: dog Hobble. Okay Now did he misspell Sobble And does he actually want <laughs> Trapinch to cosplay as a Sobble I think the new midsection is us four very
2: British men Trying to work out what a hobble is
0: Hobble's what you do when you have a scalpel shoved into your leg With no
2: anaesthetic. <laughs> Hobbles were often used on horses in cruel ways to break
0: their spirit oh. <laughs> What is a hobble? Oh no oh. Wait this is, Wait Bruce what? Are you suggesting that the oh. Trapinch is used to hurt? Is this a bad, chap- <laughs> is this a bad Trapinch? <laughs>
3: Trapinch acts as a tether for the legs of a sort of equine Pokemon. Oh
2: God, this is There's all these poor Mudsdale just rocking up to Sihartimus out of nowhere, and then all of a sudden t- they've got a Trapinch eating the feet. This
0: this will be our new life, Peter. We'll have a wonderful time here. in the oh God, my leg <laughs> Oh God, run, Peter, run faster! <laughs> oh, this is hell. This is a living hell. <laughs> what was the point of this this cacturn? <laughs> no. That was, wow, no, that came out wrong. <laughs> I think Bruce did tell us the point of the cacturn.
2: The cacturn was a
3: lawmaker who's
2: chasing. Yeah, the Oddfather, chasing the yeah. odd father doesn't like that the
0: odd father's vines have infiltrated his desert. My my feeling is now that this cacturn has turned into a major heel, who's biting Mudstales. I get a sort of hopper hopper from the Bugs Life feeling where they just have Ooh. this like commune in the desert. Everyone's like, cacturn, what are we doing here? He's like, oh, we're we're fighting the odd father, and they're like. The odd father He's he like miles away. <laughs> no, he's here. He's here. Now rub my back harder. I'm a law man. I'm fighting for the law. Really? Because it feels like you're just robbing Gary Smoke's mini fridges from the Garena every day and kind of eating a lot. No, no, no. I'm a. I'm a law cacturn. Bite, bite them, Trappage. <laughs> bite them harder for me.
3: You know, Stu, you say Bugs Life, and what I hear is. Charles Manson and his cult (laughs) in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, when they're all living in that, like, old Hollywood lot and Brad Pitt goes to visit them and they're all just, like, secretly waiting to eventually do something evil. If
2: that wasn't an insight into two very different minds, nothing is.
3: (laughs) But, I mean, we've created another cult. What we've done is we've created another cult in a desert. Okay, so the Cacturn's trying to assassinate the Oddfather
0: and is training a cult of killers in the Garena. Can we name this Cacturn? It needs, like... We can't just call it the Cacturn. Turney, Ernie, uh, Bert and Turney. I like
2: Ernie the Cacturney.
3: It's a terrifying name, <laughs> strikes the fear into <laughs> mud for the, the whole desert over. So it's
2: Ernie the lawman.
3: The question is, is if the Cacturn hates the, the Oddfather and is insinuating to its followers that the Oddfather is in some way connected to Gary's smoke?
2: Well, I think that Cacturn, I think that Cacturn doesn't actually know if Gary is working for the Oddfather, just wants to hang out in the Garena. And uses the odd father as a general excuse. He can justify any sort of behavior by saying it's it's it's
0: to get the odd father. What's the worst thing he did? He poisoned the waterhole. Oh, hole. not the waterhole! <laughs> he
2: oh did. No. He, poisoned he poisoned that waterhole. Poisoned water the waterhole, and there's a snake in my boot. Put a necktie in his <laughs> <book>. Oh, No. <laughs> yep, he's a bad man. Bad man in the Badlands. Thank you very much, Bruce, for sending in that character. And if you would like to have a character read out in the midsection, by all means, please send it into criticalditto at gmail.com. And if you would like priority midsections, join our Patreon. Find out more info at patreon.com forward slash critical ditto. The patient is still bleeding, everyone.
0: Oh, ha- as intended. Yeah, this is a bleeding situation. We got leeches on hand. Ali, you've got the leeches, right? Um yes, I've just gotta pluck them off my own fingers
2: first. Why are
0: they in your I, own so, mouth? So, <laughs> <laughs> what are you well, doing with the leeches? I, I reached
2: into the leech tin hands first, this and then my hands got sucked in, so I went in face first. And now they're on my face.
0: Oh, I'm going to die. <laughs> we need to leave this other patient because now Ali and the Hand Leeches is a real, <laughs> real concern. <laughs> Ali,
2: I'm going to die. <laughs> Ali and the Hand Leeches <laughs> sounds like a great band name. Who's, Who's that Pokemon? That
0: Pokemon? <sighs> Pig Knight.
2: It's Pig Knight.
0: Meanwhile. Another flame dances out from the the Pignite. It almost splits into two, and this Pyroar, elegant, lithe, steely, proud, and starts bounding towards Mrs. S and Theo, looking to attack with a fire fang. It's more open, it's jaws wide. Theo, you're staring into this flamey mouth. What do you do?
3: Theo quickly turns to Mrs. S and says, still hope you've got that Geodude." dude, and then grabs their Pokeball, and goes, Kabuto, aqua jet. Nice, please
0: roll, kick some frost last year. Roll two dice, oh, it's a one and a four. Plus a three, so it's an eight. Just about. Okay, so you're going to deal harm to each other. But here is where the type advantage comes in wonderful handy. So Kabuto is acting stage two, as is Pyro. So that cancels each other out. You are using a super effective move. The Pyro is using a a doubly not very effective move against you. So that's a minus two to your damage. And you're not a higher evolution stage. So you're you're rolling a d4 plus three versus the Pyro. He's rolling a flat zero d4. Ah, I got a three. So that's six total, correct? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. The yeah. py pi- the pyro, Pepper the pyro rolled a one. So Kabuto is taking a single point of damage.
3: Fabulous. Kabuto, thanks to leveling up, has four armor down to
0: nice three. down to three. And I can reveal that the harm capacity of a pyro is four. Oh, it's a one hit KO. So with that, it is a one hit KO on this elemental Pyroar. David, Theo, please tell me what this incredible move from Cabbage looks like. Kabuto flies out of
3: the ball. And let's remember, Kabuto's jet's famously inaccurate, famous. Let's go back to Frenzy Plant, where this, it just didn't work once. And so Kabuto's been practicing. Kabuto spent a lot of time getting up this aquajet. Kabuto fires off and just goes straight through the middle of the mouth, straight through what would be the, the lion's intestine, right out the
0: back Ooh. and just slices Life of the lion in two, and it disappears in a cloud of steam and burst as the water just completely annihilates it. Cabbage the Kabuto clinging to the woody, the burning wood beneath its clawy feet. Kabuto, Kabuto, singing its song of war. <laughs> 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 Kenny, meanwhile, the Piknight turns to you. Again, flames pouring out of its nostrils. But this time you see it almost cool down, and you're like, has its rage subsided? No. We did it, through the power of love. Sadly not, Kenny. In fact, it's cooling itself down so that the magmatic crust on its head turns into a rocky carapace, and it's gonna charge at you with a rock smash headbutt, this black rock that now covers its skull, looking to decimate hoops. How do you respond? Oh
2: my god, oh my god, oh my god, it's not love, it's not love! Use Venashock, quick!
0: Okay, roll, kick some frost last, but with a plus one,
2: forward. It's special. Hoops is a plus two to special, so I'm actually rolling plus three. It's a six and a one plus a three. It's a ten. ho, <laughs> ho. Thank God I took that plus
0: one forward. So Hoops takes no mm, damage, correct? Mm, no, no oh, damage. I probably would have knocked out Hoops it. as well. Well, oh. with her armour, <laughs> almost Yeah, certainly. probably. All right, well, I'm not going to calculate pig knights, but you tell me. So, okay, so acting stage two is gives you plus two. You're not higher than the pig knight, and it's not super effective. So it's just D4 plus two, please. But well, it's not, Stu. It's actually D4 plus three, because I took an extra harm. It is because of your, because <laughs> of your extra harm. I do apologise, yes. D4 plus three. Do that damage. D4 is... Oh, it's a 4
2: So that is wow. seven, 7 damage
0: Oh god Okay the pig knight also has Ooh. a hung capacity of 4 So this is a brutal takedown Ali how does Hoops do it? Hoops backs up against the, the rubble of the
2: throne In which Gratuitous Candle was previously sitting on Pig knight thinks Great she's she's cornered and actually she looks as though she's giving up this is gross but she's a lizard she's actually secreting toxins as she backs up there's nice. like a, a little stream that the pig knight doesn't see the pig knight runs on it starts stepping starts slipping on this stream of toxic liquid just before the pig knight collide with hoops still thinking he can win this she turns around sprays toxic all over the wall and then acrobatically flips right at the last minute over the pig knight as it crashes
0: into a poisonous wall. God. Can the, can the poison also explode, Ali? I know that doesn't make any <laughs> yes sense. Yes, it but
1: can! I just... I just... Yes, <laughs> cool. Cool. <laughs>
0: Explosion of poison. Mrs. S is just like, none of this makes any sense. <laughs> Hoops literally
2: folds her arms, looks straight down the camera. This feels like such an anime fight where the piglin's like, I have you cornered. And then like, she's like, what you didn't notice was that I've been
1: secreting poison the whole time. No, impossible.
0: <laughs> so great, the pignite, the, the, the elemental flaming pignite explodes in a cloud of purple poisonous gas, which means that gratuitous candle emerges from the flames as they reform into this, again, a humanist shape.
4: Clearly I need to take you more seriously.
0: So Gratuitous Candle plunges his flamey hands into the wooden tree bark beneath him, and he's it's like he starts to suck. And the flames start to dance inward, back away from the tree. They start to get sucked down and you see this charred, blackened tree bark beneath it. This tree that's been burning for centuries as the flames begin to recede and go into Gratuitous Candle. And he roars as the flames take into his arm until the flames explode and the arm becomes a wing. The other arm, another wing, takes off into the air above you, into that impossibly tall space above you. And you hear this... And you look up at this flaming bird, the wings, the body, everything aflame. It's a Moltres, an elemental Moltres. God, this is getting crazy. This is madness,
2: and I love it! Samantha's
0: power reader flips over her eye, and she says, (laughs) Power reading
2: is over 9,000!
0: And it's going to attack you both simultaneously with with a hurricane. I feel like it's a flaming hurricane. So it's almost like it's it's whipping up air above you. And because I see the tree is kind of cylindrical anyway, it's like the flaming hot air is whipping into this hurricane tornado within the tree that's going to try and suck you into its cyclone of flame. What do you do? Okay, Kenny, um, uh, holding back, uh, shielding his face
2: from the wind, tries like, shouts at Hoops. I think this is going to be a battle of attrition, okay? You need to poison it. Let the wind take the toxic.
0: You're going to create an advantage again. Yeah. Roll plus speed, please. <sighs> it's a five oh, total. No. Yeah, it's
1: oh.
0: a five total. Oops, you're going to take some damage. Yep. Okay hoops oh, baby girl okay so just to calculate so i think because moltres is a legendary we can say it's a stage four i think that's fair so plus four and it's two above hoops so that's a six uh plus the d4 uh that's a four. <laughs> oh, oh god so hoops is dead oh so hoops <laughs> takes wow. 10 damage to a harm capacity of what her harm, her armor is five. Oh. if that were d and d rules she oh, would be dead
2: but we very much don't have those rules.
0: Kenny, you see Hoops the Salandit attempting to create this toxic bubble within her mouth, but the wind keeps <laughs> whopping it away.
1: <laughs>
0: and she just can't get the venom. It starts to run out within her venomous sac. She looks to you, Kenny, panicked.
2: Sir! Sir! It's
0: The wind just takes her and she flies against a, kn- a knotted piece of bark and just crashes into it. Bosh! And slams down to the flamy bark floor beneath, totally KO'd. Hoops is down. Okay, so we we turn instead to Theo. This hurricane is now coming at you and Cabbage the Kabuto. Mrs. S trying to shield herself behind. Uh, what's what's Mrs. S shielding herself behind?
2: Thank you, Joe. I was about to say I'm playing Mrs. S and I will decide what Mrs. S is doing. But yes, she's shielding herself behind <laughs> Theo. Thank you.
3: <laughs> <laughs> so Theo, Theo's. Theo knows that Kabuto is is a rock type and therefore has this advantage in this situation. But also we are trapped in a, in a wood arena. Like Kabuto does not have the material which Kabuto has traditionally used to use rock throw. So Theo turns to Mrs. S and says, I said, do you still have that Geodude? Because I need a th- rock to throw.
2: I don't know if-, if-
3: Please, please.
2: And uh, Mrs. S releases Geodude. Geodude! Do I have a name?
3: Is it still a Geodude after all these Geodude. years? Ah, oh, I was really hoping for a Golem. I thought
2: we were being kind. Oh, Would yeah, no, ask?
3: I'm also... The adrenaline's thumping quite intensely, so... I sorry, don't
2: think sorry, Kabuto sorry. could pick up a Golem, the heaviest Pokemon in the game.
3: So Kabuto grabs Geodude and is going to go up and pelt it at Moltres. Amazing. Okay, roll kicks and frost eyes. 2d6 plus a physical attack, which is three. 3. Oh! I rolled a 5 and a 5 plus a 3 oh. for a 13
0: damn nice. y'all takes no damage in return let's check this out let's check this out so you are stage two kabuto correct yeah yes so plus plus two to the damage but then the Moltres is stage four so minus two but it is doubly super effective so that's another plus two so you're back to plus what a two roller coaster so it's two plus your d4
3: oh it's a one. Oh. so it's a three three, three okay. damage so taken... i
0: guess that's still the Moltres takes three damage is that correct Yes. Yes. Okay, David, so what does it look like, Mrs. S's geodude flying through the air towards this Moltres? I think Kabuto absolutely yeets this geodude up into the wind, (laughs) and it just gets carried on the currents
3: until eventually it is swinging so close to the Moltres that it just, with one hefty fist, connects against that that feathery, feathery cheek.
0: (laughs) And you hear it cry in flamey pain, this echoing voice ringing around the wooden enclaves of the tree. The flamey voice of Gratuitous Candle echoes out from this Moltres form and booms around the tree.
4: Why? Why do you continue to fight the inevitable? You cannot beat me. Leave now while you have the chance. Just leave me the boy. I still desire to teach the boy a lesson.
2: Leo, we 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 should get out of here. I've realized I've realized why no one has ever been successful in retrieving the third tome, and it's this. It's this. There's possible odds. Let's go regroup, and we can come up with a plan.
3: Samantha. Mrs. S, please. Okay, Mrs. S. Sorry. Again, <laughs> the adrenaline is quite intense. <laughs> Mrs. S, I know that you know a lot about a great deal of things, but I am a Pokemon battle expert. At which point Theo, we're gonna go anime, looks up at the Voltres and goes, hey, you need to choose between the Tome of Sacrifice or the Tome of Suffering. And I think I know you've chosen the Tome of Suffering.
2: And Kenny goes, you wanna teach me a lesson or Theo's my teacher and they can't teach me anything.
0: The voice of gratuitous candle once again echoes through the chamber. You
4: poor, poor fools. You don't even know that which you seek. Prepare to be incinerated.
0: Yeah, we went there. Gratuitous candle turned into a Moltres. So we ended last episode with Brandy choosing not to save her dad in the end in the sacrifice realm. And we ended this episode with Theo and Kenny fighting a giant Moltres elemental. And people say we've jumped the Sharpedo. Nah, no, not a chance. We could go so much weirder. Hey, it's Stuart. By the way, I was the only way to do this episode, so hey, it's me. So many people to thank this week. Obviously, first and foremost, Satoshi Tajiri and Junichi Masuda for creating Pokemon and the Pokemon Company and the Pokemon Inc. and the, the Pokemon Bar. Yeah, that's that's a new one they're coming out with. Gonna serve cocktails, Biro, Wine Pin Bell. Back out, Stew. Back out. Thank you to Braxton Burks and Materia Collective and Glitch X City for providing the music featured in this episode. And of course, obviously, to Epidemic Sounds for all the sound effects and some of the other licensed tracks that we've used in this episode. Uh, A special shout out today to a YouTube video from 2007 of someone performing a trombone sonata uh, for some kind of recital, which I used for the trombone section. So if you are listening to this, Alexander Niankin, thank you. Also, thank you, Alex W., one of our lovely patrons, for the unique previously this week. What you had to be sorry for, I'll never know. You can spit your own chaotic previouslys, just like Alex, if you wish, if you join our Patreon at the champion level tier. And speaking of, a massive thank you to our patrons. We wouldn't be doing what we are able to be doing right now without you, so just full-hearted thank you. Thank you to Diggyzy, DigrowsyDeezy, Ollie B., Alex W. Crispy Huxley Spisser Beth Chivers Chivers Chive Cheese and Chivers Jam Heather L. Snell Megan Taylor Betsy Lewinley Ryan Teague Darius Jarkowski Polka Dash Five Five D W. Hollins You Dirty Dog Audrey Ruthendis Ellie Lieberman Turtle of a Two Two Four Four Carrie Morrison Wolf Spain Scott M. Doctor Megaman Ph.D. Hi Keely. Kakapin Cosplay, Big Fat Nuke, Drona Jackson, Trigula, Josh Anderson, Alchemage, Cesar Trevino, Force Majeure, Crandon Creations, Eric Eichinger, Melamoy, Ginny Voss, and Alasdair Collinson. Thank you all so much. God, what a list! Oh, it's getting challenging on the old chords. If you want to support the podcast, you can. Do it like these lovely folk uh, by joining on our Patreon at Critical Ditto. no, I've done a Tom Dale, at patreon.com slash criticalditto, uh, where you can join at various tiers and get all sorts of juicy bonus content. We've got videos, we've got extra podcasts, we've got bonus one-shots, we've got improvised bits about various side characters in Formia. There's a load of stuff, and there's going to be a load more stuff, because we love our patrons. If you want to support in other ways, you can leave us a review. We love that. We love getting reviews. Do it on Apple Podcasts or wherever people leave podcast reviews. Uh, Or just talk about it on social media with your friends. Share the podcast. And finally, a thank you to my players. Ali, Tom, David, you're fantastic. And as the storylines get wilder and weirder, you just keep coming along for the ride and I can ask for nothing more. I guess the last thing to say is adventure is out there. You just have to step in the tall grass.
2: Kenneth Mullet, it feels like it's been your job to torment me for these hundreds of years. Well, guess what? You're (laughs) fucked. Maybe you could make my voice sound menacing. Note to editor. Kenneth, are you you on offer? Because I sense a fire sale. (laughs) Hey, Kenneth, why don't you get on this plane to an unknown island that I've... Made very popular with Instagrammers and attend my fire festival. <laughs>